Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Well, hey, Liverpool One Church, those of you in the room and online, you made a great decision to be in the house today. You made a great decision to tune in today because I absolutely believe that God wants to help you today. And before we get into today's message, if I just may take a few moments and pray for you, because we've been in a series that I actually get the honour of closing out today, and this series has been about everyone. And over the last couple of weeks, we have learned about how the church is for everyone, how Jesus is for everyone, how people are not to be excluded from the church, but we are to include and embrace. And I just want to switch things up a little bit today. And I want to talk about you. You as an individual, God has something to say to us as a church, but He wants to speak into your life personally. So with every head bowed and all eyes closed, Heavenly Father, we give this next few moments over to You, God. We, we lean into Your Word, God. We've stood in Your presence and we've worshipped Your Name. And when we worship Your Holy Name and we right place You at the outset, God, it opens our heart ready to receive from Your Word. And so my prayer today, God, is that these won't be empty words that tumble off the end of the platform, but God, these will be words of a two-edged sword that pierces between soul and spirit. That God, You would bring clarity to our lives, clarity to our situations, and that Father God, that we would leave here equipped to be able to live our lives in the direction that You choose, to leave here knowing that we are overcomers and we are conquerors and we are on the winning team. I ask, Lord God, that nerves would leave me so that You would speak through me. And I ask all of this in the most powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And it is an honour that I get to close this series out. And I want to set up this conversation today by talking around something that affects all of us, whether you're Christian or not, a churchgoer or not. This is something that we all do. Many of you might not even be aware that you do it, but it is actually part of our human instinct. And that is each and every one of us has a desire to fit in. We don't like to stand out and we don't like to be different. We all have a desire to fit in. And our culture has a way of telling us what is fashionable and what is trending and what is right. And if we're not doing it according to what culture and our society tell us is, is normal and trending and right, then we're classed as abnormal or weird or just very, very different. 
Fashions and trends will tell us what we should be reading, what we should be watching, what we should be looking at, what we should be listening to. It will tell us that our kids should be doing certain things at certain ages. And if our kids are not doing those things by those stages and ages, there's something wrong with our kids. Fashions and cultures and trends of society, it will tell you what a good relationship looks like, what a good relationship should be like according to the world. But how many know that by the world's standards, society, cultures, fashions, they change all of the time. They will tell you the shoulds and the should nots and the must haves and the must not haves. They'll tell you how to wear what you wear. I mean, how many things can you do with one pair of jeans? But in one era, they're that high-waisted, the belt's up under your armpit somewhere, and the next thing, it's below your butt cheeks. It's like the same pair of jeans. But society will tell you if you fit into the current trend or if you don't fit into the coming trend. But what happens is we end up picking up newspapers and reading articles and checking in on social media and reading magazines. Why do we do this? Because we want to be sure that we're doing the same as everyone else. The problem is with the never-changing world is we end up doing life like a chameleon. You see, a chameleon will change the colour of its skin to blend into whatever environment it happens to be in. I just thought the chameleon changed colour for the sake of it, but this talk today had me researching the chameleon. And the chameleon changes its appearance according to its mood. Who knew a lizard had mood swings? But it does. So if the lizard feels afraid, if the chameleon feels afraid, it wants to blend into the environment that it's in. So it will change its appearance and adapt. Guess what? When the lizard is trying to attract a mate, he becomes something that he's not. He blends into the current background, the environment that he's in to become attractive to his mate. I have seen boys who all of a sudden love Downton Abbey just because she does. What's he doing? He's changing who he is to blend into her environment to win her over. The girls who all of a sudden like sport and football, I'm like, you've never liked football. But you can guarantee there is a guy in the mix somewhere. So she's trying to blend into the environment to win him over. We all want to be accepted and we all want to fit in. And this desire to fit in, it starts at a very early age when we recognise the difference between us and other children. In order to make ourselves fit in from a small age, we begin to mirror and mimic the cool kids. We begin to mirror and mimic the popular kids. Why? Because we want to be accepted by them and we want to fit in. Katie Dunham, that was her name. She was in my primary class at school. And I wanted to be like Katie. Because Katie was cool. And Katie was popular. She was very, very pretty. The girls loved her. The boys loved her. And she was super organised. And Katie was everything that I felt I was not at the age of seven. 
So she'd get her desk out of the morning, she'd get all her stuff out on her desk, and her desk was so organised. Like she'd line her pencils up, palest pink to darkest pink, and then onto the blues. And it would all be lined up. Katie would put one of those cool little pencil sharpeners on the side of her desk, you know, the ones that catch the shavings. And she'd lay her ruler out at the edge of her desk. As the kid drawing straight lines with the edge of my book, because I never knew where my ruler was, I was just obsessed with Katie because I wanted to fit into her friendship group. I tell you once, this is the absolute truth. She produced some tissues out of her bag, Kleenex tissues, all of them colour coordinated like a pencils, pale pink, pale blue, mint green, folded up on the side of her desk. And she picked up the tissue and she blew her tiny little button nose because even her nose was perfect. She blew her button nose... <coughs> And I'm like, just like watching this kid. I was rummaging around in the bottom of my school bag. True story, for the toilet roll my mum had dropped into my bag to get me through the day with a runny nose. I wanted to be like Katie, because I wanted to be accepted. At seven years old, I was aware about things about myself that I did not like. And I thought the best thing for me to be would to be become like someone else. And I would love to say that this is a childhood phase that we all go through and we all grow out of. But sadly, we take this mimicry into our adulthood too. And though we may not recognise it, admit it, and sometimes we don't even realise it, you will find that you will change who you are according to the environment that you are in. Your language will change, your attitude, your expression, you'll bend your morals, you'll flex your beliefs, you'll become a certain way that ordinarily you are not. Why? Because you want to be accepted into whatever environment you happen to be in at that given time. An article in Psychology Today says, familiarity is the social glue that bonds people together. And we deliberately seek out the similar and the recognisable in each other in order to feel secure. In other words, if we're doing the same thing as everybody else is doing, then we must be doing it right. And I wish I had extra time today just to talk to all of you young adults in the room. Because I would want to say to you, just because everybody else is doing it does not make it right. God made you as an individual and your uniqueness is as unique as your thumbprint on your finger. Your individuality is as unique as the thumbprint on your thumb. God made you an individual because it's an expression of Him that lives in you. And your individuality is about your passions and your dreams and your desires and your morals and your beliefs. And when you go through your life trying to, trying to um, make yourself fit into the shape or the mould of someone else for the sake of being with those friends, you will end up building relationships that are no good for you. You will end up going down pathways that are a distraction because they were never God-designed for you. Never forget that you are an individual with an identity. You see, sadly, the acceptance to fit in is a basic human instinct that we all have. And though different personality types 
will crave it more or value it more. The truth is, it's something that we all have. We all want to fit in. You know, when an author releases a new edition of his or her book, it's called a new edition or a limited edition. What that actually means is it's the same story. It's just got a few add-ons, a few alterations. It's just got a few adjustments to it. It's the same thing, but it's just a little bit different. It's a different edition. Do you know that's exactly how we end up going through life? There are so many editions of you, you're not sure who you are anymore. Like you're the same person, but you have a different edition and a different version of you depending on the company that you keep. For example, how I present myself in the workplace might be very different to who I am when I'm in my home space. In order to socially get on with this group of people over here, in order to make myself a social fit, I behave very differently than when I'm in my relationship. Who I am most of the time is a very different version of me than who I am when I'm online. You see, when I'm online, I can be whoever I want to be and I can wear masks and I can tweak and I can modify myself to be accepted to the audience that I want them to believe that this is the real me. I want to be, in, I want to be included and accepted in that environment. But the problem with doing life like that is people are only accepting you for the vision of you that you are putting forward and not for who you really are. And when you've spent a lifetime flexing and bending and shifting and shaping into every mold that society is demanding from you, you hit an age and a stage in life and you're like, I, I don't really know who I am. I've tried to fit into that many places and that many groups of people. I have lost sight of who I am. When you build your life according to, to your workplace or your career, when you retire and that career is gone, who, who are you? Because if all you've done is become what the company has wanted you to become, what happens when the company's no more? Or what about the person or the relationship or the friendship group and you flex and bend and you become everything they want you to become? What happens when they've gone? What happens after the divorce? What happens when the friends have left? We lose sight of who you are. I don't know if you've ever watched a child doing a jigsaw puzzle and they'll take the wrong piece and they'll try to put it into the wrong place. And you see what immaturity does, because a child doesn't know any different, instead of taking the piece and repositioning it where it ought to be, the child will push and force and manipulate that piece of puzzle into that space. And you know, for a period of time, it'll stay there. But eventually, it begins to pop out. It begins to pop out because it was never meant to belong there. It fitted in for a short time, but it doesn't mean it belongs there. You know, we 
all want the same thing out of life. I think if I was to go around this room and ask everybody, we'd all want peace of mind. We want happiness. We want to be loved. We want to give love. We want to feel accepted and we want to be wanted. I think they are some just basic things that each and every one of us want. But sadly, what we do, we go looking for this in all of the wrong places. We go out there and what we do is we start to morph and wear masks just because we want to fit in somewhere. I want to feel accepted by someone somewhere. I want to know that I blend with a group of people somewhere. So I'm going to morph myself and I'm going to wear these masks. But after a short time, you will have a popping out experience. Why? Because though that is where you fit for a time, it is not where you belong. You see, God never created you to fit in. He designed you to belong. Fitting in is only ever temporary, but when you find where you belong, that's forever. You know, when you go through life altering who you are, to blend and fit and mimic those around you, very shortly, you will have that popping out experience. Very shortly, something on the inside of you will begin to feel uncomfortable with the environment that you're trying to be like and do life in because it might be where you fit, but it's not where you belong. How do you know when you're having a popping out experience? Well, the language you used to use now doesn't feel right to you anymore. Something on the inside of you feels a little bit awkward because you're having a popping out experience. The company you used to keep, those you used to love to hang around with, the people that used to make you laugh, all of a sudden their company grates against you. Why? Because it's a popping out experience. I fit there for a period of time, but I don't think I belong there. How do you know when you're having a popping out experience? Because you no longer desire the things that you used to desire. And that type of conversation, or you used to buzz off the gossip. You used to want to know all the dirt to dish on so-and-so and so-and-so. But now that kind of conversation. It makes you feel uncomfortable. Why does it make you feel uncomfortable? Because you're beginning to have a popping out experience because the place that you have forced yourself to fit in is not the place that you belong. But if you don't know who you really are, you will never know where you really belong. And if you don't know who you really are today, can I encourage you to pick up the Bible and read it? And if you do not have a Bible, we will give you one before you leave this place today. Because the Bible is your Father God. He's your maker and your creator. And it's His instruction manual for mankind. And in that book, it will tell you who you are and why you are here. In 1 John 3, it says, what marvellous love the Father has extended to us. Look at it. We're called the children of God. That's who we really are. I belong to a someone. I don't have to fit the crowd when I know that I belong to God. 
and God has a house and it's called the local church. And he says, you can do your life belonging from me and finding your fit and your place in the local church. Wayne and Sarah Palmer on the front row here, they're our best friends. We've been friends for 20 years now. And um, I can go to their house and I fit in perfectly. I'm like, I could go to their house. We can laugh and drink and eat together. I can kick my shoes off, recline on the couch, have a laugh with all the girls. I fit in perfectly, but I don't belong there. I belong in the Bryant household. That's where my roots are. That's where I'm doing life from. So though I fit into their household, right, there will come a time, probably around bedtime, when they're all going to their rooms, where I am going to feel like I'm popping out because I no longer fit. Because I belong in the place that, that I've put my roots down. I belong in the Bryan household. That's my fixed address. If you want to send me a gift, if you want to send me a letter, then you send it to the place where I can be located. And I think for many of you, the problem and the issue that you've got in your prayer life is that you are praying to a God who is not short of miracles. He's got the answer to everything that you're asking him for. The problem is he can't always locate you to send it. He's like, well, where am I sending this? Because you do know, right, that it's a two-way thing prayer. And in order for you to receive the answer, God's got to be able to locate where you are and what happens is we keep moving according to our environment. So for example, I'm praying over my marriage because I've got issues in my marriage. And God said, I've got the answer and I'm ready to do the thing. The problem is you're praying for your marriage, but you're still living like a single man. You're changing. And so we have to know where we belong that I belong to God. I don't belong to my career. I don't belong to that friendship circle. I don't belong to that setting and that group of people. First and foremost, I belong to God. I'm located in the local church. You know, no one likes feeling like they're different. We don't like to be noticed. We actually, there's many of us that fear standing out in the crowd. We want to blend. We have a herd mentality. Let's just all be the same. If we could just all be uniformed, I would love to just get a spotlight right now and highlight some of you in the room because you're sitting in the middle and you're sitting towards the back and you're just like, I'm here. Don't anyone speak to me. Don't anyone notice me. I'm just here doing my thing. And because we want to blend and we don't want to be the one that stands out. And yet when I read through my Bible, especially through the Gospels, I see this. I saw a crowd that thronged around Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, there was a crowd of sea, sea, a sea of people, faceless, nameless people that followed Jesus everywhere he went. The crowd sought recognition from Jesus. But when I read my Bible, it was the one that stood out that caught the attention of Jesus. So you have to ask yourself the question today, do I just want to blend and be part of the crowd, the sea of people? Or am I going to let 
the thing in me that perhaps I don't like, the thing that I feel awkward about, am I going to let it be seen before God so that I stand out before Jesus? It was the nameless woman who was caught in the act of adultery, dragged out before the crowd to be humiliated and judged. She caught the attention of Jesus. It was the woman who had had the issue of blood for 12 years that the crowd had called her unclean. They had shunned her and said, you cannot belong to our community because there's something different about you that we don't accept in the crowd. Stay away. She crawled through the crowd and she got the attention of Jesus. It was blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road, who couldn't see anything, but he knew that Jesus was in his proximity somewhere because he could hear the murmuring of the crowd. So he started to shout louder than any of the crowd. And he raised his voice and he shouted out to Jesus and the crowd told him, shut up, be quiet, sit down. But Bartimaeus, he got the attention of Jesus. It was Mary Magdalene, the prostitute. It was the ones who had leprosy and were put outside of the community. It was all of those that desperately wanted to fit in with the crowd. But for some reason, the crowd shunned them because there was something different in their lifestyle. The crowd told them, you don't fit in to our circle. They were out on a limb on their own because of their own awkwardness. But they are the ones who got the attention of Jesus. And I want to look for a moment at a character in the Bible who I've just spent time studying this week. And his name is Zacchaeus. And he's a funny little dude. When you read about him in the Bible, it's only a really super short story. And at the beginning of his story, which is found in Luke 19, it tells us two informative facts about Zacchaeus. One, it tells us that he was a little man. Anybody who went to Sunday school will know the song about Zacchaeus. He was a little man that went and sat in a tree to see Jesus. Um, so he was small in stature. And the other thing it tells us is that he was a tax man. And most of the time when you hear the story of Zacchaeus, we major on the fact that he was a little man and he ran and sat in a tree. But just for a moment, I want to have a look at this, this, at his career. He's a tax man. And the Bible tells us that he wasn't just any tax man, but he was the head tax man. For this reason, Zacchaeus stood out. You see, Zacchaeus was a Jew and he was raised in a Jewish community, but that community had grown to despise him because Zacchaeus was corrupt, dishonest um, in all of his ways and his dealing. He was a crook. You see, at the time, Israel is governed under the Roman Empire and Zacchaeus had found a fit with the Romans. He was brilliant at crunching numbers. And so the Romans offered him a job and he went to work for the Roman government. It was Zacchaeus's job to go and take all of the taxes off the hardworking Jews. But because the Roman government at that time was so corrupt, they also took more than was necessary from, um, the, from the Jews because to keep them in their corrupt and lush, uh, lush lifestyle. 
But not only that, they also gave Zacchaeus license to take more again to keep him in a very lavish, very wealthy, very lush lifestyle. And so this is who Zacchaeus had come. He'd found his fit in wrong living. He'd found his fit in dishonesty. He found his fit in bully boy tactics. The Jews didn't only despise him because he was the tax man. They despised him because he was a traitor to their nation as well. Yet there must have been something in Zacchaeus that was having a bit of a popping out moment. There was something in Zacchaeus that though he was very rich, very wealthy, had a very exuberant lifestyle, there must have been something in him that was beginning to feel a little bit uncomfortable in the fit that he'd forced himself into because when he heard that Jesus was coming through Jericho, he had a desire to go and see him. And it says of Zacchaeus, because remember, he's a wee little man, And it says of Zacchaeus that when he heard that Jesus was coming, he wanted to see this miracle working man. He'd heard stories and rumours of the great things that Jesus had done amongst the people. So he ran down the road ahead of the crowd and he climbed up a sycamore tree so he could sit there. I can see Jesus, Jesus can't see me. I'm going to sit here in the tree because I want to see this guy that everybody else is talking about. But then this really crazy thing happened. Jesus came walking down the street and he stops under the very branches that Zacchaeus is sat in. And in verse five, it reads like this. When Jesus came by, he looked up into the tree. He looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quickly come down. I must be a guest in your house today. So there's Zacchaeus thinking, nobody knows I'm here. And here's this Jesus. And as he gets under the tree, he stops and he looked up. But the thing that I love about this story is he points to Zacchaeus and he calls him by name, Zacchaeus. You see, it will have been a long time since Zacchaeus had been called by name because society will have made many names up for him. The tax man, the greedy man, the thief, the stealer, the money launderer. They will have made many names up for him. But when Jesus addresses him, he calls him by his name Zacchaeus. Because ironically enough, the name Zacchaeus in Hebrew means pure one. And I wonder in that moment if Zacchaeus had a revelation. Wow. When he heard his name being called by Jesus, was there a realisation My life has become everything that I am not. It's like in that moment, Jesus was saying to him, man, I see you. I see you. Not what you've done. Not what they say about you. Not the shame that you're carrying. Not the guilt you're holding onto. I don't see you in the fit that you've tried to make for yourself. I see you, Zacchaeus, pure one. What you've done is not who you are. What you said is not who you are. The way you acted, it's not who you are. They're all the things you try to do to become a fit. But I see you standing out. And it goes on to say 
that Jesus called Zacchaeus down from his house and said to him, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Now, I've got to be honest, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Because if I'm having a guest to my house, I need a bit of warning. Like, if I'm having a guest to my house, I've got to go and do some stuff. I've got to go and put some stuff away. I've got to go and hide some things, know what I'm saying? Like, I've got to go and get some stuff in order. If you come into my house and I don't know you come in and I open the, uh, you arrive on my doorstep, and I don't know you're coming on the doorstep, you're staying, I'm just telling you now. Like, you're coming to my house, I need warning. But if I could surmise what Jesus was saying to Zacchaeus in this moment, he was saying, Zacchaeus, there's nothing you need to hide from me. I'm coming to your house. Don't worry about the dirty laundry. Don't worry about the dirty dishes. Zacchaeus, I know everything. I see everything. There's nothing you could hide from me. I'm coming to your house because I know everything. I think the perception of Christianity for way too long has been, I need to clean my life up before I come to Jesus. I think the way the church has presented some time has made people feel like I need to, like, I need to sort a few things out before I can come to the church. B- before the people in the church would accept me, I gotta do some cleaning up. I got some laundry that needs like dealing with before I can do the whole Jesus things, there's some stuff in my life I need to get into order. But I want to say to you that Jesus will say to you today exactly what he said when he looked at Zacchaeus. He's going to look in your face and he's calling you by name. Not Mary, Joe or John, not what your parents called you, but what he has called you. Because he's like, I see you. I know the fit you've tried to become. I know what you've done with your life just to try and make yourself acceptable in certain circles. But I see you and today I'm calling you. I'm calling you blessed, redeemed, forgiven, saved, loved, valued, Child of mine, son, daughter of the Most High King. That's who Jesus sees you as, not all the things that you've become. I don't see the labels that you've tried to fit into. I see the person that I created you to be. You don't need to stop a few things and drop a few things before you come to Jesus. You need to just come as you are. You know when Zacchaeus encountered Jesus? The desire to fit in left him because he'd now found the company of the one he belonged to. How do you know when you have had, um, when you found the place where you belong? Because belonging gives you a desire to change. Your appetite for the way you live changes. What you want to do with your finances, it changes. The company you keep changes. How you spend your time, it it changes. Your language changes. It says of Zacchaeus in verse 8, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much just an encounter with Jesus. And he said, I don't need to fit into that anymore. I have a desire to change. Why? Because I now know the one I belong to. 
No, the word of God tells us about Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So while culture can't make its mind up what's cool and what's not, while society is forever changing and telling us this is current, oh no, no, this is current, and if you're still doing that, then you're way behind the times. I'm telling you right now that if you build your life on the rock, which is Jesus Christ, and build it according to his patterns in his word, (laughs) your life will be forever changed. Your life will be stable. Jesus responded and he said, salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. There are countless stories in the Bible of Jesus reaching into the lives of people and rescuing them and restoring them. We see him going to heal the sick, open blind eyes. He puts the lame back on their feet. We see him going to the rejected and the neglected and the one who's been ostracised and criticised. We see Jesus stepping into the lives of the widow and the orphan and the prostitute and yet... This story of Zacchaeus fascinates me. Do you know why? It's because I think many of us are more like Zacchaeus than any of the other characters in the Bible. You see, Zacchaeus had it all going on on the outside. Zacchaeus was a very wealthy man. Materialistically, he lacked nothing. Like he would have been, you know, the Hollywood crib style house, the tennis courts and the swimming pools and the jacuzzi and the sauna. He'd have had it all going on. His kids would have gone to private school. He'd have had the top of the range car or camel or whatever it was in them days. But he had it going on. Zacchaeus was the cool dude. He had the Nike Jerusalems. He was the one who, who on the outside, Zacchaeus had it all going on. Yet somewhere on the inside, he was having a popping out experience because he's like, all of this is where I've made myself fit. But something in here is amiss. Inwardly, there was guilt and inwardly, there may have been shame. And you know, so many of us present our lives like that. On the outside, we're doing great. On the outside, we've got it all together. Oh, we only have to flick through your Instagram story. And we can see how fun it looks, how cool it looks, who you're with, what you're doing, and it looks amazing. But maybe on the inside, you're carrying your own dysfunction. And when you get around the people of God and when you get in the presence of God, you've got that popping out feeling that something might be amiss. Maybe your marriage is broken, but no one knows because you're just fine on the outside. Maybe there's a disconnect between you and your kids and it's upsetting you and it's hurting you, but no one knows because on the outside you're doing just fine. Maybe there's a habit you can't kick, an addiction that you can't break. There's something going on. But the problem with us today is we're more more concerned about being accepted by the crowd than we are standing out with our dysfunction and saying, Jesus, actually, I need some real help. Actually, Jesus, I... I need you. And I want to remind you as I close this session out, 
that the crowd got recognition from Jesus, but it was the one that stood out that got the attention for Jesus and every single one of those people received a miracle into their life. Their dysfunction left and they were never the same again. Anyone can turn up and fit in. Fitting in is really easy. Just come and act the part. That's what fitting in is. Just come and act the part. But belonging, well, belonging's a bit more difficult. You see, belonging is a choice. Belonging requires some self-reflection. Belonging requires being willing to stand up and stand out. And it takes bravery. But let me tell you, belonging is for a lifetime. Your identity is unique to you. And as I close this session today, in fact, why don't we all just stand to our feet right now? We've based this whole series around a huge foyer, uh, sign that we have in our foyer that says about everyone. We also have another sign in the foyer that says, welcome home. You know when we had that sign sent to print to made up? I remember Luke and I had a conversation and we tussled with two phrases. Do we have a sign that says welcome home or do we have a sign that says you belong here? but both actually mean the same thing. And as you go about your life and you have your friends and you have your workspace and you have all your career and you have your families and you have all of the stuff that life brings to it, make sure that you know who you belong to and where you do your life from. And if Liverpool One Church is not your home, then I want to extend that invitation to you today and say, hey, this is a place that you can find your fit. This is a place where you can belong. And this is a place that you can call home. And guess what? We don't even mind the dirty laundry. We'll put up with it. With every head bowed and every eye closed. The thing that I love about Zacchaeus is that when he got in the presence of Jesus, he desired change. He didn't have to force himself. He didn't have to think about it. It was just something that welled up on the inside of him. And maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. In fact, maybe you're here today and your chair is your branch of the sycamore tree. Like I've just come to observe and I've just come to watch and I'm okay with Jesus not noticing me just so long as I can look in at what's going on. And I wanna say by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is here and He's present. And if you've never accepted Him as your Lord and Saviour, then I'm gonna ask you to do something bold with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to raise your hand because I'm gonna pray with you right now. Just pop your hand in the air. You don't have to leave it there. See that hand. Thank you. Just another moment. Amen. As I pray this prayer, I'm going to ask you to repeat it in your heart after me. Father God, today I ask that you come into my life, that I can have that encounter with Jesus. Lord, forgive me for the places I've tried to fit in. 
Forgive me, God, for the behaviours I've tried to belong to. Today, I accept You as my Lord and Saviour. And I ask You, Jesus, by the goodness and the grace of God and the power of Your Holy Spirit, help me to change my ways. And we ask this in the precious Name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's worship, church. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.